Hi everyone, this is Liz Wessel with the Reflection of the Week and I'm here with Cheer and also with Melanie Jensen. And I'm going to share a story by Paul Villiard and it's called Information Please. And it's about when telephones first came into American households. So you know this is quite a while ago. When I was young, we had one of the first telephones in our neighborhood. I remember well the polished old case fastened to the wall. The shiny receiver hung on the side of the box. I was too little to reach the telephone, but used to listen with fascination when my mother would talk to it. Then I discovered that somewhere inside this wonderful device lived an amazing person. Her name was Information Please, and there was nothing she did not know. Information Please could supply anybody's number and the correct time. My first experience with this genie in the bottle came one day when my mother was visiting a neighbor. Amusing myself at the tool bench in the basement, I whacked my finger with a hammer. The pain was terrible, but there didn't seem to be any reason in crying because there was no one at home to give me sympathy. I walked around the house, sucking my throbbing finger, finally arriving at the stairway. The telephone. Quickly, I ran for the footstool in the parlor, dragged it to the landing. Climbing up, I unhooked the receiver and I held it to my ear. Information, please, I said into the mouthpiece just above my head. A click or two and a small, clear voice spoke into my ear. Information, I hurt my finger. I wailed into the phone. The tears came readily now. And I, since I had an audience, isn't your mom at home, came the question. Nobody's home but me, I blubbered. Are you bleeding? The voice asked. No, I replied. I hit my finger with the hammer and it hurts. Can you open your ice box? She asked. I said I could. Then chip off a little piece of ice and hold it to your finger, said the voice. After that, I called information please for everything. I asked her for help with my geography and she told me where Philadelphia was. She helped me with my map. She told me my pet chipmunk that I caught in the park just the day before would eat fruit and nuts. And then there was the time Petey, our pet canary, died. I called, information please, and I told her the sad story. She listened, then said the usual things grown-ups say to soothe a child. But I was unconsoled. I asked her, why is it that birds should sing so beautifully and bring joy to all families only to end up as a heap of feathers on the bottom of a cage? She must have sensed my deep concern, for she said quietly, Paul, always remember that there are other words, worlds to sing in. Somehow I felt better. Another day I was on the telephone. Information, please. Information said the now familiar voice. How do you spell fix, I asked. All this took place in a small town in the Pacific Northwest when I was nine years old and we moved across the country to Boston. I miss my friend very much. Information, please, belonged in that old wooden box back home and I somehow never thought of trying the tall, shiny new phone that sat on the table in the hall. As I grew into my teens, the memory of those childhood conversations never really left. 
Often in moments of doubt and perplexity, I would recall the serene sense of security I had then. I appreciated now how patient, understanding, and kind she was to have spent her time on a little boy. A few years later, on my way west to college, my plane landed down in Seattle. I had about a half an hour or so between planes. I spent 15 minutes or so on the phone with my sister, who lived there now, and then without thinking what I was doing, I dialed my hometown operator and said, information please. Miraculously, I heard the small, clear voice I knew so well, information. I hadn't planned this, but I heard myself saying, could you please tell me how to spell fix? There was a long pause, and then the soft-spoken answer. I guess your finger must be healed now. I laughed. So is it really still you, I said? I wonder if you have any idea how much you meant to me during that time. I wonder, she said, if you know how much your calls meant to me. I never had any children, and I used to look forward to those calls. I told her how often I had thought of her over the years, and I asked if I could call her again when I came back to visit my sister. Oh, please do, she said. Just ask for Sally. Three months later, I was back in Seattle. A different voice answered, information. I asked for Sally. Are you a friend, she said. Yes, a very old friend, I answered. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, she said. Sally has been working part-time the last few years because she was sick. She died about five weeks ago. Before I could hang up, she said, wait a minute, is your name Paul? Yes. Well, Sally left a message for you. She wrote it down in case you called. Let me read it to you. The note said, tell him I still say there are other worlds to sing in. He'll know what I mean. I thanked her and hung up. I knew what Sally meant. Never underestimate the influence you may have on others. So, my friends, I was just wondering when you hear that story, um, if anything resonates for you or, or... I thought it was such a cute story that he relied on the information please for everything as a little boy growing up and he still remembered her as he got older and he was going off to college. Yeah, um, I, I think for me, I just, what was really touching too is that later in life they reconnected mm-hmm. and um, that they had that opportunity to sh- share their gratitude. Yeah, and I think about how um, there are often times in, our, in my life where people have touched my life and, and maybe in a simple way and, you know, back before the internet, because I'm that old, um, <laughs> you know, but, I, you know, I still think to this day of, of a Schwann man, if you don't know what a Schwann man is, he delivers terribly bad things to your house, like ice cream and stuff. <laughs> And, and he was a Christian that was very open with his faith when he would deliver ice cream to my husband and I when we lived in Lafayette going to Purdue at grad school. And I just remember he made a big impression on my life, and uh, I bought him a Christmas ornament, and it was a little mouse that cranked an ice cream freezer. <laughs> and then I never got the opportunity to give it to him. 
because his route changed and then we moved and I tried tracking him down because I wanted to send it to him and so I think about people like that where there are a lot of missed opportunities sometimes and so as I get older I try to take those opportunities to tell people what they mean to me even if it's just somebody like the ice cream delivery guy yeah um, because I, I don't want to regret not having that chance but you know things still happen and you miss opportunities yeah I think it's wonderful that they did he did get that chance to reconnect with her yeah I love the line in there about birds sometimes have other worlds to sing in. Always remember there's other worlds to sing in. I thought that was Mm -hmm. good. Well, any closing um, thoughts by either of you? Well, I liked it too because there was like a personal interaction um, between the little boy and the operator. And like Melanie mentioned earlier, we have the internet now, so it's very um, interpersonal, not personal at all, actually, is lacking the personal connection, especially, like, with text messaging and things like that, Um, so I like that they were still able to speak over the phone, and they still had the hometown operator in the end for for him to reconnect with her. Yeah, and and I think it just speaks to the fact that we never know, you know, um, a a little small kind gesture that may not seem like a lot can mean Mm -hmm. so much because it's filled with love. And so um, I just want to close with our promise for uh, Providence St. Joseph Health, which is know me, care me, care for me, and ease my way. Amen, and have a blessed day.